0: I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. PFIC is a rare genetic disorder that causes progressive, life-threatening liver disease. In many cases, PFIC leads to cirrhosis and liver failure within the first 10 years of life. Albareo, a 2008 spinoff of AstraZeneca, is developing bile acid modulators to treat PFIC and other rare pediatric liver diseases and gastrointestinal disorders. We spoke to Ron Cooper, CEO of Albareo, about PFIC, the challenge of developing a therapy for a disease with multiple forms and causes, and the path forward for the company. Ron, thanks for joining us.
1: Pleasure to be here. and Thanks for the opportunity.
0: We're going to talk about alboreo, a rare pediatric liver disease, and the company's effort to develop a treatment for it. Let's start with progressive familial intrahepatic cholestasis, or PFIC. What is it How rare is it? What's the prognosis for someone with the disease?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's quite a mouthful, PFIC. So PFIC is, as as you said, progressive. Progressive is a familial disease, and it's an intrahepatic cholestatic disease. It's an ultra-rare genetic disorder that causes progressive, life-threatening liver disease. And it's been estimated that PFIC uh, affects between one in every fifty to 100,000 children Born worldwide, it's a terrible disease that manifests itself with uh, absolutely horrific uh, paritis, or, or where the children self-mutilate themselves, uh, and really yeah. cause them some damage, uh, and and with obviously terrible uh, cholestasis of the liver. You know, there's no pharmacologic treatment that currently currently exists, uh, and surgery is the only option for the treatment.
0: This is actually not a a single disease with a single cause. There are different types of this disease and they are driven by different genetic mutations. How does that complicate the efforts for the development of a therapeutic?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there are uh, three main uh, genotypes PFIC1, 2, and and PFIC3. And that is a challenge for drug developers because as it is, we're in an ultra orphan space and then when you slice it up further into these various genotypes, it puts a real challenge, you know, on our our development team. But I think what we've tried to do is to look at this challenge as as a real opportunity to find a solution and What we've been able to do is really think about a homogenous patient population within that, and we'll try and study that first to increase our probability of success for approval and fulfill regulatory requirements, and then we'll chip away at some of the other more difficult subforms of defect over time.
0: What are the treatment options, if any, today?
1: Well, it's really a grim picture for for children and and for their families. And remember, this disease is diagnosed in the first months of life. And as you can imagine, you know, for those of you that you know have children, you know, having a newborn baby in a household is 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 difficult. And uh, and but put on top of it, a baby that doesn't eat, doesn't sleep, you know, doesn't really grow well, and then as they gain motor function and you know, they start to pick up their years and they'll uh, you know These parents take their their child into the, to the physician, the pediatrician, and eventually a pediatric hepatologist, and they're confirmed that they have the, tr- the, the disease of PFEP. The treatment options then are really uh, two treatment options. One, first of all, to address that horrific paritis, and what's used there is a number of off-label medications. Uh, adult medications such as uh, and colic acid, and as we talk to to clinicians and and parents, now this works a little bit, uh, it helps to reduce the, uh, the terrible paritis. but inevitably because of the progressive disease, this doesn't last very long, and then you know the parents are faced with surgical options, and there are two options: there's a liver transplant. Uh, and you can appreciate a liver transplant is limited by the number of livers that are available. Of course, the risk of, of, of a big surgery like that and you know, the complications thereafter. That's one option. The other option, you know, because there's a shortage of, of liver uh, livers available for transplant, is called partial external biliary diversion surgery or PEBD surgery. And effectively, what's done here is that bile, excess bile acid in the liver are shunted out into a stoma bag. Uh, and, you know, again, this is a suboptimal treatment as well because obviously a stoma bag is, you know, a, a disfiguring and, and uh, over time those children grow up and they don't really like having those stoma bags. But the surgery itself works somewhere between two-thirds and three-quarters of the time. And, you know, and there's complications that go with that as well.
0: You recently announced plans to begin a late-stage clinical trial of your lead candidate, A4250, uh, an experimental therapy for PFIC. This is an inhibitor of the allele bile acid transporter. What exactly does it do, and, and how specific is its target?
1: Now, I think we have a really an elegant solution for, uh, for these kids that have PFIC's devastating disease. Think about our mechanism actually working a little bit like PEBD surgery. PEBD surgery, uh, is a mechanical way of taking excess bile acids off of the liver. And what we have with A4250 and IBAT inhibitor is a pharmacological way to do the same thing without the risks of surgery and the complications of surgery. And so, you know, how does, how does our product work? These children have excess bile acids that are accumulating in, in their, in their liver. And what we're, what we're able to do is drain the liver of excess bile acids by blocking the reuptake of bile acids in the liver, effectively draining some bile acids into, into the colon. That's how the product works itself. But if you think about a, a, a pharmacological product for children, A4250, it really has an exciting profile because, first of all, A four two five O is a once a day product. Uh, uh, secondarily, it's an A four two five O is an oral uh, small molecule. Third, A four two five O has very little systemic uh, effects; it's mostly locally acting in the gut, and so there's very little potential for off-target activity. And as a result, the side effects profile and it will characterize and, and very much around, around the gut. So when you consider that we're already treating children as young as one year of age and they'll be on lifetime therapy, A4250 has a profile that could potentially be very attractive and could be a, a very interesting treatment solution for children suffering from this terrible
0: disease. Well, what do we know about the safety and efficacy of the drug today from previous clinical trials?
1: So A4250 has been well-characterized. We've done a full preclinical program. We did a phase one study where we showed a beautiful dose response and a good tolerability in patient profile. And then we undertook two studies, a very small study in adults and an in adult indication where we were able to demonstrate good tolerability profile, an improvement of paritis and a reduction of serum bile acids. But the main study that we've been focused on for A4250 is a study in children with uh, pediatric uh, cholestatic liver diseases. Uh, we, fit, we recently finished a phase two study, and we shared that uh, data, you know, with the world at the recent international liver congress, where that data was accepted for a late-breaking oral presentation. What was great about uh, about that data, we were able to demonstrate. In a, in a group of patients that had cholestatic liver diseases, the ability to reduce serum biolysis at a level that was similar to PEBD surgery, uh, the ability to improve paritis and the correlation between the reduction of paritis and, uh, and serum biolysis. And third, a, a, a very interesting tolerability profile. All of the patients uh, you know, finished the trial. You know, there were no, there were no serious adverse effects that were attributed to treatment. The drug was relatively well tolerated, and the side effect that we would think would be uh, most problematic uh, would have been diarrhea. And in fact, during the four-week treatment period, we had no patients who experienced uh, diarrhea. So we were very pleased with with this data. It was our first data in in children, and we were able to show you know, good efficacy in bile acid reduction and improvement of pruritus as well as a favorable tolerability profile.
0: I've noticed you're using different endpoints for the U.S. and, and EU regulators. Uh, I'm wondering if you could start with the endpoints for the FDA. What are the endpoints for that study, and, and how did you arrive at those?
1: Sure. I, I think before talking about uh, you know our Phase 3 program, I think maybe stepping back and talking about our, our intent. And Our intent had always been to do a single program, to fulfill potentially fulfill the regulatory requirements for both the United States uh, and, and Europe, uh, and, and our intended always was to do you know a, a single trial and what we wanted to do though was get some good feedback from the FDA and, and the EMA. You know we've had ongoing dialogue with both regulatory agencies over the over the years, and they, you know they've been absolutely fantastic with us, very collaborative and very, very informative. And, and ideally, of course, we would like to have had a, a study design that was exactly the same for both, but I think that we've come up with a, a design that should fulfill the needs of both of the agencies. So in the U.S. itself specifically, the primary endpoint it will be the measurement of paritis, and the secondary endpoint will be the reduction of serum bile acids. And there are multiple other secondary endpoints and observ- you know and exploratory endpoints as well.
0: And how about for the EU?
1: So for the EU it's in reverse. So for the EU, the primary endpoint will be reduction of certain bile acids, and the secondary end- key secondary endpoint will be the improvement in pruritus.
0: Do- does that pose any kind of a regulatory challenge for you?
1: <laughs> well, you know, I think that you know our regulators have you know, a big job ahead of themselves, you know, protecting all of us and making sure that we do, you know, we do the right thing. But we believe that having been in consultation with with both groups, that the study design that we have should fulfill the requirements in in both regions. And that's why we've adjusted the study design to meet their needs.
0: In essence, do you feel like you're you're faced with a situation where you have to hit two endpoints to get it across the line? I don't
1: believe we feel that way. I I think we feel pretty confident uh, based on the Phase two data in our ability to reduce serum bile acids and our ability to improve pruritus. We always see a wonderful correlation uh, in our Phase phase two data. And and I think all we've done then is powered the study to show each of those things. So, in fact, our Phase three study is a robust study uh, that gives good powering behind Serum biolasses and good powering you know, behind um, behind the reduction of pruritus. And, and and you should note though that the, both agencies have, to, have said to us you know this is an ultra orphan rare pediatric uh, disease the unmet need is huge there's no treatment available to the kids and both agencies have indicated to us that you know they'll be looking at the totality of the data regardless you know to inform. You know their approval or not. So the primary and the secondary endpoints and all the other things that we'll be studying will be important aspects as we see approval.
0: How big of the study and and where is it taking place?
1: Yeah, so the study itself is a efficacy and and uh, and safety study. Uh, the, the study will be sixty patients, twenty patients will be on the high dose. Twenty patients will be on the lower dose, and twenty patients on placebo. The study right now is planned to be run predominantly in the U.S. and Europe, but with you know some other sites in uh, in, in in other Western uh, Western countries, and potentially some in the Middle East as well.
0: And if all goes well, when might you be in a position to apply for regulatory approval?
1: Well, thus far, you know, we we have we have informed uh, the public that we plan to start the study in the second half of the year. Frankly, we just finished having the discussion with uh, with with the EMA, and so we want to try and get the study up and going first of all to get a better sense of you know when we'll complete the study. The study itself, you know, the treatment period is six months in in duration, so. We want to spend a little bit of time getting the study up and going before we, we give some guidance as to you know when we think the study will be finished.
0: One of the things we've talked about on this program in the past is the role efforts to develop rare disease therapies have on developing therapeutics for more common ailments. Does A4250 have potential benefit as a treatment for other disorders? Does the work on PFIC provide insight into the biology of more common diseases that leading to other potential therapies?
1: You no, know, So I think that if you look at the company strategy, first of all, our, our company's strategy at Alvareo was to build a pediatric uh, liver disease company on the back of our understanding of bile acids, you know, biology and the chemistry associated with that. So our, our, our scientists have been working with bile acids, for the last you know, couple of decades, actually, they were working in bile acids when it really wasn't a hot area. But because science has evolved, we see that bile acids are much more active in the body and can have many different effects. And so we apply our bile acid technology across you know a number of different diseases. And so when you think about that, that you know there are diseases such as other pediatric cholestatic liver diseases. There's adult cholestatic liver diseases. Uh, and, and including a disease that I think very people are very much concerned about, you know, NASH. You know, if, you look up, if you think about NASH, NASH is associated with cholesterol, glucose, liver inflammation, and liver fibrosis problems. And if you look at the activity of bile acids, they're involved in all four. So, yes, in fact, I think this PFIC study for us will be very important for children suffering uh, with uh, terrible disease, but it will also help. Uh, our overall scientific understanding and, and give us potential to develop our our biologics even further.
0: You recently raised a little more than fifty million dollars. Is the plan to commercialize your drugs on your own, or will you seek a partner to do that?
1: Yeah, so we were delighted to recently complete a financing with you know uh, for for Albareo Pharma, and that allows us to accelerate the development of A4250. To find a solution for children who, who who really need something quickly, that allows us to move quickly. So that, that that's exciting for us. You know, our plan is to build a pediatric liver uh, company. You know, to really serve the needs of you know, pediatric hepatologists and their patients, uh, and to be very close uh, to them. And I think that this fundraising gives us the first step towards that.
0: Ron Cooper, President and CEO of Alboreo Pharma. Ron, thanks so much for your time today.
1: Pleasure to chat with you. Thank you very much.
0: Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org.